TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. What's good, my friends? This is the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the fan upstate rolling on until 7 o'clock p.m. today. Truly do appreciate you guys making us part of your day each and every day. Those of you on the YouTube stream can see I am wearing my late kick once upon a Saturday shirt. Look at this bad boy. It is incredible. It is literally um, the nicest T-shirt I've ever had. It's got like black stitching It's got a really artsy design on the back. Are you vying for a chalice of supremacy? I'm I'm doing my best. Somebody said to me today, like I I sent a picture of this, and they said, Mark, have you been working out? And I'm like, bro, no, it's a muscle shirt. I have no muscles, okay? Yeah. But uh, it's kind of the the Josh Pate-style muscle shirt. It's very stretchy. It's odd, Diesel. It's yellow on the outside and white on the inside, it's got really nice stitching. It feels great. Get yourself one uh, Pate State material. It's funny, uh, it's funny, Diesel. The bag comes in the mail. It says Pate State material. Okay? I mean, he's got Josh Pate joins us at uh, 420 today. The Once Upon a Saturday tour. Every week he goes on uh, goes on the road. And uh, so naturally, we are rocking the, uh, the Once Upon a Saturday late kick show Josh Pate shirt today. Fantastic to have you guys with us. Absolutely jam-packed are we on a completely loaded Wednesday edition of the show this afternoon. Here's how you guys can take part. You can give us a call at 844-FAN-PHONE. That's 844-F-A-N-F-O-N-E. That's 844-326-3663. The MadWorldAttractions.com text line is there for you at 71307. Just start your text with the word FAN. And away you go on the show. Here is what's coming up on the show today. We've got Kelly Ford in the very, very next segment. We've got some audio of what it's like to work with David Tepper coming up in the 340 segment. Of course, we've got brand spanking new upset pick standings. We've got Josh Pate coming up on the show today. We have got Truth Serum on the show. We've got the Braves Playing to get a stranglehold on this series. I told you guys yesterday, uh, you know, the Braves have a 62% chance of winning the series right now. Had they lost the other night, that number would have been 12%. So they went from a massive underdog to the series favorite 
with the miracle, miraculous events of the other night. That was just incredible, insane to see. All right, insane to see. But, my friends, I would like to open with this. You know, we are at the halfway point of the college football season, and uh, Clemson fans, some of them, you know, those who can be objective are fine with me. But those who have a difficult time doing so have been none too pleased with me today for, oh, the horror of posting an accurate graphic that has Clemson halfway through their season in sixth place in the ACC with the fifth best talent in America. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Their placing in the ACC is worse than their overall talent ranking. Can you believe that? I mean, that's that's really something, right? I mean, that's, that's not a big ask. You know, hey, if you're ranked 10th in America in talent out of 131 teams, just ranked 9th in the ACC standings. Well, Clemson is top five in America in talent, according to the 24-7 total talent composite, all right? Um, and they're sixth place in the ACC. They are behind right now. Louisville, Florida State, UNC Duke, and yes, Georgia Tech. Both Georgia Tech and Clemson have played six games. Georgia Tech is 2-1 and one in the ACC. Clemson, as you know, 2-2 two and two in the ACC. Some things, you see, ladies and gentlemen, just do not make sense. But yet, then again, everybody wants to know, well, can Clemson get back into this thing? If Clemson is going to get back into this thing, how are they going to do it? And every time I go in and I look at these numbers, ladies and gentlemen, I'm surprised at the very real possibility that Clemson could, in fact, get back into this thing. All right? Now, I'll give you the example. I last did this a couple of weeks ago, and I'll give you the updated standings right now, uh, the updated projections right now. Florida State is projected to finish with a record of 11.3 wins and 1.5 losses. Well, you're saying, Mark, that's 12.8 games. Yeah, what that's saying is there's about an 80% chance Florida State's going to play in the ACC championship game. That would be a 13th game, okay? So you can cross Florida State off the list because even if that 1.5 becomes 2, they have the tiebreaker over Clemson, okay? So cross Florida State off the list. Let's look next at North Carolina. North Carolina is projected to have a record of 10.4 wins and 2.0 losses. That means there's a 40% chance North Carolina is going to play in the ACC championship game. But that 2.0 is very, very interesting. Why? Because if North Carolina just loses a single game that is not to Clemson, and then Clemson beats them, guess who has the tiebreaker there? Oh, the Clemson Tigers have the tiebreaker there. So, you know, North Carolina is not free and clear from Clemson. There is no tiebreaker advantage that North Carolina has. Would you believe that according to the ESPN Football Power Index, Clemson is still the third best team in the ACC? The Football Power Index says Clemson is actually the 18th best team in America. They say Florida State is 10th, North Carolina is 16th, and Clemson is 18th. They get, they've got Miami 19th. Miami's now projected to lose 3.7 games. So you're not really worried about Miami because you play Miami. 
and you play Miami next off of a bye week. Not really worried about them. You are concerned with the Duke Blue Devils because the Duke Blue Devils would have to lose three games in the ACC. Well, here's the good news. They're projected to lose four. They're 4-1 right now. Their projected final record is 8.2 wins and 4.0 losses. That means they're probably not going to make the ACC championship game, and they're probably going to have four losses. Those are the projections in the regular season. Okay? Now, projections could be inaccurate, right? Like, I know that. You know that. Teams exceed or underperform relative to projections all the time. Okay? But the odds, ladies and gentlemen, are relatively accurate. These odds are relatively accurate. The projections are the projections for a reason. Okay? For example, Florida State is supposed uh, Florida is supposed to finish with 5.9 wins and 6.1 losses. So 6 and 6. We'll see if the Gators can exceed that projection. The Gamecocks are expected to finish with a record of 5.8 wins and 6.2 losses. We'll see if the Gamecocks can exceed that projection. To do so, you got to win this weekend, right? Florida against South Carolina. But then, folks, you have the real bugaboo for Clemson, and that is Louisville. And Louisville is the football power index's 21st best team in America. Louisville is projected to have 10.4 wins and 2.1 losses, okay? Which means there's about a 50% chance they're going to play in the ACC championship game. Now, if Louisville was to have two losses in the regular season, what would happen then? Because Louisville does not play Clemson. So Louisville is at Pitt this weekend. That's on the CW Network. Diesel loves those games. All right? They're at Pitt this weekend. It would be incredibly helpful for, helpful to Clemson if Louisville tri- stubs its toe on the road. I hear you can't watch a game on the CW Network if you haven't bought at least three young adult novels from them. <laughs> Then they host Duke, which is a losable game. Then they've got two relatively easy ones at home against the Virginia schools. And then they've got at Miami. Okay, so like at Pitt, Duke, at Miami, if two of those are losses, and then if Clemson finishes with two losses, what, what happens there? What happens? You both got two losses, but they don't play each other. So what is the tiebreaker? And this, my friends, is what we can't answer today. It's what we can't answer today. All right? Um, Here it is. In the case of a two-team tie, this is straight from the ACC, the second-best winning percentage, okay, if if there's a two-team tie for the second-best winning percentage in the ACC, the first move is to turn to -to head-to-head competition with the winner of that game holding the advantage. Well, Clemson and Louisville don't play. If there was no head-to-head competition – the next determinant is winning percentage against all common opponents. So you look at who you played in common. What is the winning percentage there? We don't yet know that. Then it moves to winning percentage against common opponents with the added caveat of order of finish in the conference. So like your common opponents, and then how did those common opponents finish? So you see, my friends, We can't do the Louisville equation right now. And that is the big bugaboo for Clemson. You're not worried about North Carolina because you play him. You're not worried about Miami because Miami Miami already screwed the pooch and you played him. You're not overly concerned with Duke because of the projection of of Duke having 
four losses, which would mean three of those coming in the ACC. If Clemson handles business, it could very, very well come down to a tiebreaker um, with Louisville. And then you're going through an opponent's opponent's winning percentage and et cetera, et cetera. And I know you're telling me it's a long shot. I know the odds say that, well, if I'm honest with you, Clemson's one-loss projection is 7.8 wins and 4.2 losses. Okay? So, like, Clemson's projected to be 8-4 and four this year. They're saying there's two more Clemson losses coming. But it should Clemson buck the odds and go unbeaten. It could very well come back down to that tie-breaking scenario with Louisville. Every time I do this, every time I look at this, I'm surprised at just how in it Clemson still is. And if you're a Clemson fan, hey, allow that to give you some hope, right? Allow that to give you some hope. The other thing, you know, people want to talk about is, uh, is you know, what to make of Florida State. Because Florida State is, you know, sitting really, really pretty now in the ACC. Okay? Like, they, they have they're, – they're free and clear of the rest of the competition – um, and they're going to be favored in all of the rest of their games. If I said to you guys right now, who is the most likely loss? What opponent offers the most likely loss to Florida State? Is it at home against Syracuse this weekend? <clears throat> is it at home against Duke? <clears throat> is it at Wake Forest? No. Is it at Pitt? No. Is it at home against Miami? It's a, it's a home game against Miami. They play North Alabama, and they're at Florida. Folks, Florida State's best chance for a loss is at Florida, where the Gators are a pretty decent team, okay? they Florida State only has a 23.4% chance of losing that game. They've got a 22% chance of losing to Duke. They've got a 13% chance of losing at Wake Forest. They've got a... 14% chance of losing at Pitt and at home against Miami. Oh, they, they, the numbers say Miami's got the best chance to beat them, 29.2%. But here's what I want you to think about, all right? If you think, if you go conference by conference here, okay, if you think conference by conference here, do you think about the Pac-12? The Pac-12 is going to have an unbeaten, right? Like we believe the Pac-12 is going to have an unbeaten. We don't know if it's Oregon Washington or USC, we don't know. But we believe, you know, that the winner of this week's game, Oregon and Washington, has a great shot because we believe these two teams to be better than USC and certainly better than Washington State, Oregon State, and Utah. Other good teams in UCLA, also in the Pac-12. So now you've got Florida State and you got a Pac-12 unbeaten. We expect Georgia to be unbeaten in the SEC, right? Softest Power 5 schedule for a defending national champion ever. So now you've got Georgia, you've got the Pac-12 unbeaten, and you've got Florida State. All right? Um, then you look at the Big Ten. And I would say to you, who the hell is beating Michigan? Have you seen some of these scores? Minnesota just scored the most points on Michigan all year. You know how many they had? They were the only Michigan opponent to hit double digits this year. Ten points. The last two weeks... Michigan has beaten Nebraska and Minnesota, two decent Big Ten schools. 
87 to 17. All right. I think about that. So who is going to knock off Michigan? Then you've got the Big 12. And you just had Oklahoma beat Texas. There's an 83% chance that those teams rematch again in the Big 12 championship game. Um, if Oklahoma wins that game, all right, which is the biggest if of the bunch, right, because Texas has a viable shot, could Florida State get left out of this thing? And I know what you're saying. Oh, Mark, there's not going to be there's not going to be five unbeaten's. Oh, those those are what the odds say. I've asked Kelly Ford that question, but we're getting to the point of the schedule now, halfway through, where you're saying to yourself, okay, the, the Oregon Washington winner, who's going to beat them? Who's going to beat Michigan? Who's going to beat Georgia? Right? Who's going to win? I Oklahoma has an, about a ninety percent chance to win every other game they play this year, except for Texas again in the Big 12 championship game, should there be a rematch. Folks, this is going to be good. This is going to be intriguing. This is going to be entertaining. Diesel, if you had five Power 5 unbeatens, okay, let's say your Power 5 unbeatens are Washington, Michigan, Georgia, uh, Oklahoma, and Florida State, does Florida State not get left out in that scenario? Isn't it wild to think about that? It's it is wild to think about it. So you really gotta. You, I think the debate comes down to who has the overall tougher schedule or the more impressive resume. Would it be Oklahoma in a somewhat weak Big Twelve, or would it be Florida State in a stronger than usual? But it's not the it's not the usual suspects. So you may lose a little bit of cachet when you say, "Oh, Duke is really good this year." Well, they're like, well, it's, but it's Duke. Like, it's still Duke. Uh, that's the way they're going to look at it. You know, even though Duke has shown themselves to be a really good football team this year, they'll look at it like, eh, like Baylor just sounds better than Duke. Let's be real. So Oklahoma may get a little bit of that benefit of the doubt if it comes all the way down to the final few details and the really the, the, the points on which you're splitting hairs. I, I think you go Oklahoma, you give them the nod. I could very well see why. And it, it, it takes us back to that year when, uh, what was it, Texas and Southern Cal played for the national championship game, a fantastic game. And, um, and that, that was the year that Auburn was undefeated as well. And people thought Auburn should have played for the national championship. I think you'd end up like that. But this is one of those great reasons and great scenarios, it sucks for the team that gets left out, that sort of – Forces playoff expansion. Oh, it does. It does. And uh, it's going to be, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, um, the first college football playoff rankings are going to be released Tuesday, October 31st. I have a feeling that we're going to have five power five unbeatens when the calendar turns to November. And then when that happens, there's going to be sheer panic among those five teams. And you're going to have infighting diesel. It's going to be great. It's going to be like everybody saying something about somebody's mama. You know, who's the fifth with the worst schedule? And you're right. It's probably never going to be that way. But diesel, I'm telling you, if there are five unbeatens, the one that I would leave out would be Florida State. And it's not because I went to Florida. It's because against the other competition, I just think the other teams are better. You know, Um 
Do you realize that when you look at Florida State's schedule, okay, when you look at their schedule, and if I actually thought Florida State was an elite team, it wouldn't matter that the schedule isn't that great. They have played one team that is currently in the top 25. You know who that is? LSU. How tenuous is LSU's spot in the top 25? The last two games, they've given up over 80 points, Mississippi and uh, Missouri. Combine those. That's the only opponent Florida State has on its schedule that's in the top 25. Almost lost to Clemson. Not in the top 25. So, like, if I'm looking at that, Florida State's got to be the one that goes. We talk college football numbers inside the numbers with our guy Kelly Ford of K-Ford Ratings. And we do so next, right here on the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the Fan Upstate. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel. We are the fan upstate rolling on until 7 o'clock p.m. today. As is the case each and every Wednesday at this time, we're thrilled to be joined by our numbers guy. You know him as Kelly Ford. He is with thelines.com, and uh, you can follow him on Twitter at KFordRatings. He joins us right now on the show. Uh, Kelly, we opened today by doing a Kelly Ford special, and that was looking at the projections in the ACC to see if there is a way for Clemson to get back into this thing. Then, uh, and the numbers say, if, if if Clemson were to run the table, Kelly, I've continued to say that's the most unlikely thing. You know, that's more unlikely than Duke losing three, Louisville losing two. The most unlikely thing is Clemson running the table. So if you focus on handling your business, you know, Maybe you do end up in a in a sick in a two way tie with Louisville, and then maybe the tiebreaker uh, breaks your way. But uh, Kelly, I'm going to open today by asking you a long shot scenario here. All right, uh, and that is the five unbeaten scenario. Based on what you know, Kelly, if we had 
Oregon or Washington from the Pac-12. Oklahoma from the Big 12. Michigan from the Big 10. Georgia from the SEC and Florida State from the ACC. Because it's possible for us to have five unbeatens. Who would Kelly Ford leave out of the college football playoff? Hey, Mark, give me the five one more time. Who are the five we're talking about in a hypothetical undefeated? I'm going to say um, Washington, Oklahoma, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State. So with those five, Mark, if I go back to my hypothetical 12-0 and graphic that I posted a couple times, here we go, let me find it. Um, the team that would be left out based strictly on resume. This is not in, this is not accounting for your relative scoring margin, which of course I account for in the in the most deserving ranking. Strictly on resume, the team that the numbers would suggest should be left out would be Georgia. Now I know that won't happen oh, wow. because that w- it won't happen wow. because Georgia's the number one two-time defending national champs. And again, if we have the relative scoring margin built in, that 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 could change things. So. If I'm looking at that, geez, Mark, I don't know. Oklahoma comes out as the number two team the numbers would leave out, but I don't think they'd be left out either given what they've accomplished so far this season. But we have to keep in mind what's happened, like what this scenario plays out moving forward. So I don't I don't know, Mark, the Florida State maybe, just because the way that the pollsters view things, the way the committee views things is things are heavily weighted towards the end of the year. It's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately type thing. If you lose at the end of the year, you get punished more than if you lose at the beginning of the year. That's the way it's always been. I'm not suggesting that's the way it should be or the way that I would do it. But if you look at Florida State, their biggest wins this year will have been LSU, Clemson, at the beginning of the year. I mean, Miami, who knows how that's going to look. We'll see what happens in Miami season following what happened to them at the end of the game last week against Georgia Tech. I mean, is, is it Florida? Probably not. I mean, Duke, are they going to be able to continue to, to stay, quote, ranked, which that's what the committee values. I don't think they should, but they do. So maybe it's Florida State. I, I, I don't know, Mark. That, that's quite the puzzle, though, uh, that you outlined there. Kelly Ford joining us here on the show right now. Kelly, can you give us the K-Ford ratings breakdown? And it's it's a fascinating matchup, Kelly. It's I don't think we're seeing great football when my alma mater, Florida, goes to Columbia this weekend. Um, you know, we're seeing, I, I, you know, I was looking at the, um, at, uh, sorry, Kelly, I hope you don't feel like I'm cheating on you here, but I was looking at the ESPN football power index today. And, <laughs> uh, and those two schools are right, right close to each other in the football power index. I mean, I think there's only a couple of spots between them all. Um, can you give us the Kelly Ford, uh, the K Ford ratings breakdown on this game? who you like to win the game, um, because it's fascinating, Kelly. This is a must-win for both teams. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. South Carolina potentially faces the wheels coming off. Uh, they, they potentially face a four-game losing streak with games fo- following at uh, Missouri, at Texas A&M. Florida can't achieve anything it wants to achieve this year with a loss this week and has not performed well on the road ESPN's Football Power Index said the Gators says the Gators are 34th in America, South Carolina 36th. These are not mediocre teams relative to the rest of the country, but they are mediocre teams right now in the ACC. So can we get the K Ford ratings breakdown, please, sir? 
Yeah, Mark, and absolutely. ESPN FBI is a, it's a good metric. I know people like to give it a hard time for various things, but I, I like that metric. I think it's a good one. And actually, my numbers are pretty pretty much aligned with it here. I have uh, South Carolina number 34 in my power ratings, and I have Florida number 35. So, I mean, I'm, I'm right there next to FBI as, as we view these two teams. South Carolina as a slightly better team overall. This game is in Columbia. So, of course, that is going to give South Carolina the edge. My numbers like the Gamecocks by two and a half points. If we break it down a little bit further, the best unit in this game by my numbers is the South Carolina offense. I have them number 24. It's exactly where they started the year. Uh, but the worst unit in, uh, in this game is the South Carolina defense. So I have number 69. They started the year number 64. So the model's been pretty dialed in. Uh, on South Carolina. Florida has been a little bit of a disappointment for me this year with regard to their power rating. It's dropped uh, about two and a half points from the beginning of the year, 25 to start the year, now number 35. But the offense is 33, the defense is 39, so it's a well-balanced team. Uh, this is this is going to be a close game. 58% win expectancy by my numbers for South Carolina. And you are right, Mark, that this is kind of a, a, a leverage game, a tipping point game for both of these teams. You look at the upcoming schedules, my numbers only favor Florida in one remaining game. That's in week 10, home Oof. against Arkansas. That's the only Oof. game my numbers favor Florida. For South Carolina, it's a little bit better. Um, they're favored in four games, but, but there are four games on their upcoming schedule in which the projected spread, either way, plus or minus, is a touchdown or less. So uh, this is one of those games that both teams really need if they want to achieve their goals. I've got South Carolina with just a 9% chance now to reach eight regular season wins. And for Florida, I've got them with a uh, 28% chance to reach seven regular season wins. So both these teams need it, as you said. What are the four games that you have South Carolina favored to win? Currently, my numbers have South Carolina favorite in this game right now against Florida. Um, then they are 16.5-point favorites against Jacksonville State in Week 10, 18-point favorites uh, against Vanderbilt in Week 11, and currently a three-point favorite at home in Week 12 to Kentucky. So I, I currently have South Carolina as an underdog by one point at Missouri next week, 11 points at A&M the week after that, and five-point underdogs against Clemson to end the year. Kelly, how do you how do your ratings uh, project future success? Are, are you are you having to pull that in manually, or do you have that uh, like, like on a year by year basis, or do you have something built into your algorithm that sort of automatically tabulates potential future success? Do you mean within this current season, Diesel, like for future games this year? No, going into like next season or the year beyond. Do you look at any of that? Do you project any of that far out in advance? I don't project anything beyond the 2023 uh, regular season at this point. I mean, I have, I have any, well, I guess conference championship hypotheticals I do, but nothing beyond the 2023 season am I concerned with right now. Do you know there's so much to keep me busy in 23. Once we officially close the book on the 23 season in January after the national championship game, I mean, I start right away with, with the, the process to, to make preseason ratings for the 2024 season. But, I am never really working more than one season out. And once we're in the season, I'm, I'm wholly focused on, on the season that we're in. So that's, that's been my process. Uh, just, just too much to do in the season to worry about 24 just yet. Okay. The reason why I asked Kelly is, is that I love, just I love, adore unsubstantiated conference realignment rumors. You know, people are already saying the top end of the ACC is going to be gone one of these days. And they're throwing out wild combinations of teams against the wall you know, hoping to get one of them right so they can claim to be Miss Cleo. Um, apparently the ACC, this is, you know, big old air quotes, 
is looking to replace its top end with the likes of Tulsa, South Florida, Memphis, UAB, East Carolina, um, uh, Tulane. If the ACC needed to add teams based on your numbers, your projections, whether it be this year or going back a year or two or three, of those candidates and other candidates out there, uh, who would the ACC get the most power and the most value out of? Yeah, I think um, that's, it's a good question, Diesel. I think, and I even put a graphic out about this. I, can, I can't find it at the moment, but I know I have tweeted about this in the past. I'm sh- pausing for a second because I want to – oh, here, um, here we go. So it's the Power 5. looks like I did this back in August. Power 5 conference comparison is what I did based on what was um, – what, what the realignment at that time was going to be moving forward. So I kind of have a quote – best of the rest so if you take out all the teams that are currently power five and or going to become power five here in the best of the rest by k forward power ratings in in a over the cfp era boise state is the most attractive option from a strictly football perspective and hey geography is broken anyway in the acc and we're in all conference um conference alignment now so geography is out the window don't worry about it anymore that's just the way it is i think boise state would be the number one um, Washington State is the number two on that list. Memphis, number three. James Madison, number four. Granted, they have a very small sample size since joining the FBS uh, just uh, just last year. App State, you'll be happy to hear Diesel, is on that list as well. Before you get to Air Force, uh, San Diego State, Toledo, Navy, Marshall, Western Kentucky, those are some of the teams that round that out. But right at the top is Boise State, Washington State, Memphis uh, would be the top expansion candidates for me with James Madison, small sample size, and App State rounding that out. Kelly for joining us. Kelly, I'm not sure if your model does this, but how would you factor in a bye week? This is not a Florida Gators question. Florida has three straight opponents now coming off of bye weeks. I hate that because I think it matters. I know the data on South Carolina playing out of its mind. Like when they're off a bye week, the, the opponent gets their best swing in terms of, you know, whether your model does this or not, how many points would factor in for a bye week? Like you said to me, the Gamecocks are a 58% chance to beat Florida. I might say they're a 48% chance without the bye week. With the bye week, I, I, I pretty much agree with the number that you just gave me. Wow. Yeah, Mark, I just checked really quickly. That's, that's interesting. South Carolina come off the bye. To be fair, Florida's getting their bye before they go into Georgia as well. But then, yeah, catching Arkansas off the bye as well. Man, that that is tough. I do not, as you kind of alluded to, I do not account for that explicitly in the projections. However, I do talk about that. You know, the rest advantage, disadvantage, uh, the scheduling dynamics is what I call it um, when I'm breaking down a game. So that is absolutely something to be considered here. Um, if you're trying to put points on it, it depends on the opponent. I mean, the, the, the worse the opponent you could argue the more the buy could help them because they, they have an extra entire extra week to just scheme for that one game and, and prepare for that one game. The better the opponent is, the, the less that that buy probably matters from that perspective. I mean, getting healthy, of course, but um, I don't know. It depends. I think you could probably say it's anywhere. It could be worth a point, maybe a point and a half, depending on the opponent, depending on the location too. Are they coming off a buy and then hosting you or are they coming off the buy and then coming to you? All of that factors in, but it's not nothing. I'll tell you that, um, and I'm not accounting for that explicitly in the model. Uh, Kelly, can your numbers give us who is the who has the strongest home field advantage in college football? 
Man, Diesel, that's such a good question. It's something that I've played around with. Right now I'm using a, a standard home field advantage across the board. That is not ideal. I, I understand that. There are certain home environments that are worth more. If we really want to get down into the minutia, time of day matters, right? I mean, if you're talking about South Carolina, I don't want to go in there at night, but hey, at noon, maybe that's a sleepy kickoff. I don't know. Or when you get in the central time zone, same thing, Death Valley at LSU. You play there at 11 a.m., that's one thing. You play there at 7 p.m. central, that's another. So at this point, I don't have that diesel. I'm very hopeful that in one of these future improvements I can make to the model, one of these upcoming summers, that's something that can be incorporated. But I mean, you, you know who, who, who the teams are that have the home field advantage, right? I would put South Carolina up there. It's an underrated home field environment, I think, in the SEC. We're talking about in, that, in your kind of neck of the woods there. You know, Clemson's going to have a good one. Uh, I'm trying to think who else kind of in that, that area. I mean, Georgia, of course, but Tennessee, uh, all the big teams, they've got the best home field advantages. Right now I apply a standard home field. That is not best practice. I'm hoping to change that one day. Kelly Ford, can you give us, Kelly, the four teams most likely to make the college football playoff today? I knew you were going to ask, Mark. I have <laughs> changed what I've done with updating the website. I'm doing all playoff stuff now on Friday. So I haven't posted this on the website yet. It'll be up there on Friday, K4Ains.com. But I knew you were going to ask, so I actually have it here ready to go. Um, Oklahoma is my number one most likely team to make the playoff. You'll recall they were last week as well with a 45% chance. They now have a 50% chance to make the playoff following their win against Texas. Maybe not as big of a bump as people would have thought that Oklahoma would have, but it's up to 50%. Georgia at 43%, Florida State's at 40%, and Ohio State rounds out the group at 34%. Others in the top 10, Oregon, Michigan, Penn State, Texas, North Carolina, Washington, uh, Louisville's hanging around at number 11, and still Alabama with an 18% chance at number 12. Then there's a pretty big drop to USC at 8%. And, Kelly, can you give us the most likely conference championship game matchups as of today? I certainly can. Give me one second. I'll scroll back. That one is on the website every single Tuesday. I've got in the ACC, Florida State and Louisville, the two most likely teams. Florida State would be an 8.5-point favorite in that game by my numbers. In the Big 12, it's a rematch of the Red River shootout. We just saw Oklahoma, two-and-a-half-point favorites over Texas. In the Big 10, as it has been most of the year, Ohio State, 14-and-a-half-point favorites over Wisconsin. The Pac-12, I have Oregon as a three-point favorite over Washington. We're going to get that game this weekend. I can't wait for it. And then in the SEC, Georgia, a one-and-a-half-point favorite over Alabama. Because I know Diesel – uh, is a, is a Sunbelt fan with the with App State there. I'll give you the Sunbelt as well. I currently have Troy as a three-point favorite. Remember, this would be a home game for Troy against Georgia Southern. Only a one-and-a-half-point favorite for Georgia over Alabama on a neutral field. That's interesting to me. And you have Oregon as a three-point fav- favorite uh, over Washington on a neutral field. So what does the model say about Oregon at Washington this weekend? Yeah, it's, it's, it's the number one game of the week for me, Mark. Um, I can't wait. It's got a watchability score of 9.8 out of 10. It's simply a phenomenal game. I have it as a straight-up pick em. Last week, the model liked Oklahoma over Texas, and, my, and I went with that. Good thing. My gut told me Texas might be the better team there. Good thing I went with the model. I'm getting a similar feeling here, though. I have this as a pick em, 52% win expectancy for Oregon. This game is at Washington, though. I don't know. There's just something about it. You talk about good home field advantages. Washington, Husky Stadium's up there with the best of them. Um, it just might be too much. We'll see. Either way, it should be a great game. 52% win expectancy for Oregon in the game that I have as a pick How about that? 52% win expectancy. Uh, Kelly Ford, great stuff as always, man. You know, um, 
I when we began this, Kelly, uh, I, I admittedly, and I haven't shared this with you before, I didn't know if it would translate to great radio content for this reason. Um, I don't think fantasy football translates to great radio content. Why? Because people just call in with a question that only they care about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know if it would resonate. This 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 um, content resonates big time. And uh, it's getting more and more enthralling and interesting as we go along. So we thank you so much for what you do, sir, and thank you for joining us. Absolutely, Mark. I appreciate it every single week with you and Diesel. It's always fun. I, I, I'm glad the listeners like it. I hope they continue to. And, uh, yeah, it's always fun talking numbers with you guys. So uh, enjoy this week of college football. We're good. we got some great games. Thank you so much. Kelly Ford of thelines.com. Follow him on Twitter at KFordRatings is where you can get to him. And how will you be feeling about the Atlanta Braves with a loss tonight. That, my friends, is next. And this is the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel. And we are the Fan Upstate. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel. We are the Fan Upstate. Great to have you guys with us here on a hump day episode of the show. All right, my friends, in precisely 10 minutes, we, your upset picks, are going to go live. Okay, 10 minutes from right now, your upset picks will go live for week seven in college football. Are you ready, my friends? Ten minutes from right now, your picks will be hopping on the show. But tonight, you know, guys, this is another projected nail-biter for the Braves. You got Bryce Elder going. That was, uh, you know, there's a bit of controversy there for the Atlanta Braves. Who Who's going to get the game three start? Snitger goes with Bryce Elder tonight against Aaron Nola for the Philadelphia Phillies. And you look at the game cast stats for this game. And, like, it couldn't be more even, right? Atlanta's considered the better team, but the home field advantage that Philadelphia has kind of wipes that clean. And it's going to – first pitch is going to be less than an hour and a half from now um, on TBS, and we'll know. You will have a good feel for the picture of this game by the time the show ends today. How about that? we're, We're here with you while the games are going on. Uh, the GameCast says the Braves are 50.5% chance to win with a F- Philadelphia Phillies at 49% chance, 49.5% chance to win. And if you are a Braves fan, this is the game that you want. You don't want, you want to have the comfort of knowing, okay, we have the benefit, we can wrap up the series. I mean, imagine how much lower your blood pressure will be. Do the Braves care about your health? Imagine how much lower your blood pressure will be in game four should you win tonight as opposed to having your backs against the wall and facing an elimination game in Philadelphia tomorrow night, right? Uh, it's going to be an absolutely wild scene in Philadelphia. How much can the home crowd will the Philadelphia Phillies to victory? Uh, what are your keys to the game tonight? You know, has the offense officially snapped out of this thing? Also tonight, you've got the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, improbably looking to uh, sweep the L.A. Dodgers. They finished 16 games below the Dodgers in the regular season. I don't know. 
You know, like, are they a better team than the Dodgers? Well, the larger sample size, science tells you, you always go with a larger sample size for accuracy. So the Dodgers are the better team than Arizona, but Arizona's hot right now. You know, the Dodgers have uh, had five days off. How are you after five days off? I'm pretty useless after five days off. That's what the Dodgers have been, right? The Astros also have the Twins tonight, and they have a chance to wrap the series up with the Twins. That's the feeling you want to have if you're a Braves fan right now, right? Okay, you're an Astros fan. Either you beat, you eliminate Minnesota in Minnesota tonight, or you have the fallback option of Game 5. But can we flush these five-game series? I mean, you just play too long to have the flukiness involved in a five-game series determining who wins, who loses, who's eliminated. It just it like it doesn't seem right to me. You know, if you want to insist, I mean, at least we got away with the ridiculous wild card game where it's just one game counts for everything. At least we got rid of that, right? But the best of 3 series, I'm not a fan. These best of 5 series, I'm not a fan. Uh, you know, baseball, you play so many games, make them best of 7. Make them best of 7. You do it in the NBA, you play half the games that you do in MLB. Every series is best of seven. Why do you Why do you do this really dumb thing? Anyway, uh, I'm going to go Philadelphia Phillies tonight, four to three over the Atlanta Braves. I do not predict your blood pressure will be low heading into Game Four tomorrow night. Sorry, guys. Uh, but coming up next, we've got your upset picks of the week. Where are you going to go? As soon as the clock hits four p.m., your picks are eligible. This is the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the fan upstate. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.